As we uh, lift the Lord up in uh, reading his word, we just want to pray for Brother Allen that um, God will anoint him and as he gives testimony uh, that uh, individual lives will be changed in what he does. Amen. I'm going to be in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 this evening. Hebrews 11 verse 1. A fading faith. If we was to look across America, I think we would begin to see that the faith that we knew as children, the faith that was taught to us at a young age seems to be decimating. Uh, it, it seems as though it's, it's beginning to uh, no longer be as strong as it used to be. Somewhere in America, Christians of faith are under attack. The world encourages us to be tolerant of those things of the world except Christianity. Today, not only are we supposed to tolerate all things, but to celebrate those issues that directly oppose the word of God. And if you speak out those things, you are considered to be one of hate. I want to encourage us this evening to understand um, and not to allow our faith to fade, to stand up for Christ. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 is a scripture that we know uh, and have heard many, many times. Now the faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we come to you this evening, and uh, Lord, as we just get to spend a little time here, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to come together with brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for the faith that has been given to us, the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would fill this room with your spirit this evening. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Keith Thomas of Mobile, Alabama, said, Faith is an insurance convinced that God's promises are so trustworthy that we can base our lives upon them. When we look at the scripture, now faith is the substance, the word substance can be even translated as assurance, uh, a, a real content, a foundation in which we stand. So church, if we have a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have Assurance, amen? No matter what the world says, no matter what happens all around us, we have and understand and know and have experienced faith in Jesus Christ. First of all, I want us to understand that if we have faith in Christ, then he is going to give us confidence. Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, the world doesn't have any idea of that peace that we understand. Amen? And I, wanna, I want to encourage you this evening not to allow your faith to be deterred. To, to begin to, to, to hide our faith because we are afraid that someone, uh, somewhere, is going to challenge us. Well, I'm here to ask you this evening that you are men and women of God that will be challenged, that your faith will stand because your faith is in Jesus Christ, not in who you are, but who he is. Faith is hearing from God, believing what he has said, and 
and acting upon that truth. I believe that God is sovereign. You agree? I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he went to the cross for me. I believe that he died on the cross, and I believe that he rose on the third day for me and you. I believe there is a heaven, and I believe there is a hell. And I believe that he loves me, and I will spend eternity with him because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. Therefore, my faith is not in who I am, but who he is in me. Have we forgotten? Folks, if, if you want confidence in your faith in Jesus Christ, you need to hear him, believe in him, and act on what he says. I asked our um, residents just a, a little bit ago, and I, I said, um, how do you hear him? And they began to tell me, oh, we hear him in our heart. We, we hear him, and they were giving these answers that they thought that I would want to hear. And I say the first place that we hear the word of God is from the word of God. And folks, if we are not spending time in the word, it is difficult for us to hear God speak. Amen. And when we begin to talk about uh, how awesome it would be to be able to walk through life and to, to hear God audibly say, Luther, that's stupid. Stop. It would be great to be able to do that, right? But when we have his standards, his complete revelation to us, we can hear what he wants and gives us direction for our lives. We hear him. But in those times of quietness, through the Holy Spirit, do we not hear him as well? And we believe in him and we act on what he says. Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need to understand that we have confidence in who Jesus is because of the scripture. I thank God that I was raised in a Christian home. I thank God that I was raised in, in a church that uh, took care of us and understood. And I had the same pastor for 35 years, even when I was in college, my pastor was the same pastor. Uh, and, and some of you might know him. His name was Rex Hensley. And I uh, appreciated the fact that he taught God's word to me. You know, I was a little scoundrel when it came to church camp. Brother Staten probably remembered me. I hope he didn't. But in spite of who I was, God loved me anyway. And I began to hear the word of God. And I'm just amazed that God wanted to use me. There was a time in my life when I had to come to that crisis of belief of, yes, I was, I was born, uh, born again when I was nine, and, and I worked hard, and, and I wanted to be as best I could for Jesus Christ. But when I was 18 years old, there was a different call, a different voice that came to my ear. And when God called me into the ministry, I couldn't deny that. And, you know, even as an 18-year-old boy, man, um, 
I believed that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. When I was 19, I was in college. I started, well, I started a uh, singing group um, my first year in college, and um, we traveled a little bit. The next year, I had 11 people, and I had faith enough to know that God was going to take care of 11 people driving in an old 1978 van with purple windows on the column, three-speed, no power steering. We were going to go to upstate New York and spend a week singing for the Lord. You know, I was ignorant enough to have faith enough that God was going to do what he called me to do. We left Williamsburg, Kentucky, our van was completely loaded. The trailer that my dad built for me was completely loaded. It was so full. By the time we got to Cincinnati, the paint was burnt off both we uh, both fenders. We had overloaded the, the little trailer that my dad made for us so that we can go. So we had to wait there till my dad had to redo the trailer so that we would be able to haul it. On the way from Cincinnati to Cleveland, Ohio... My wonderful 1978 van with those purple windows, um, alternator went out. So, so we had to wait to get the trailer done. So now we're riding uh, to Cleveland, which was four hours away, with the lights continuing to dim. I turned off all heat so that I could have a little bit more. You know, I'm thinking, well, if I turn off the heat, everything but the motor and us running, maybe. So everybody else was huddled back in the van, keeping warm. And I was up front by myself in that van. It was awesome. And then I pulled in to Sandy's parents there in Cleveland, and I had to look at her father in the eye and say, the alternator's going out. And he, he had a way... He looked at me, and Sandy, this morning, I, I, I was sharing this, and she told our Sunday school class that it was really surprising that her mom and dad would allow her to go with this crazy kid of 19 years old all the way up to New York. And I'm like, really? She said, yeah, they was concerned. And then he was really concerned when I pulled in to his, about 11 o'clock that night with the alternator out. We barely made it. I think the last few miles we drove in the dark, but we made it. You know what? That did not affect my faith at all. See, I was mature enough to know that it didn't matter because I had faith in God. We got the alternator fixed and we began our journey. Um, when we hit Inlet, New York, which is um, outside of uh, Lake Placid, it was 25 below. We were the only vehicle that was in the town. We stopped to eat at a local restaurant. Everybody else was on snowmobiles. And we're in that ugly blue van with purple windows with all that weight in that trailer. God was working. When we left uh, Mount Vernon, Kentucky, not Mount Vernon, uh, Williamsburg, the day before we was to leave, the group had zero in the bank account. We got a check from a lovely church, 
$350 the day that we were leaving to come. I have faith. God's going to take care of us. 11 people, seven days, upper state New York, all the gas, all the food. I had no idea. I thought $350 was a lot of money. Church, not only did we get to minister that whole week, and God blessed in incredible ways. When we returned to Williamsburg, Kentucky, we had $355. And I look back on that, and I'm like, Luther, was you stupid? There is no way I'd allow my child to do that in college. But you see, I had confidence in the Lord. And sometimes, church, that we feel so grown up and we have to have all the answers. And so sometimes we lack our confidence in an almighty God simply because things may not add up. Nothing is impossible with our Lord. Amen? Not only does he give us confidence, but he gives us courage to follow. Matthew seventeen twenty. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for God. Church, we need to have courage. Sometimes we get so comfortable in in who we are, so comfortable in this wonderful church, so comfortable, and sometimes we're like, listen, God doesn't need us to do that. God doesn't call us to that. Sometimes we're not listening to the call, amen? So I want to challenge you all to be those individuals that's, that's confident, not in you, not in your circumstances, but in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do we have confidence in him? And I believe that he moves us. And sometimes when he moves us, he's going to test us. And sometimes that faith is going to be challenged. When we look around our world today, our faith is challenged every single day. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. To have courage and do what you do. There's some things that there's absolutely no way I would do the things that some people do. Riding horses. Who was talking about horses? There is absolutely no way I'd ride a horse. That scares me to death. The only time I rode a horse, I've been bit twice. No way. But when you have a faith in God, all things are possible. God can do great things when you have courage and say, God, I don't understand. You're, you're, you're moving me. You're wanting me to do this. God, give me the faith and the courage to do what you need me to do. You see, sometimes courage is not thinking through everything. Sometimes you just got to do. <laughs> Racing motorcycles, there's a point uh, when, you, when you enter a turn, when you're running flat track, is you hold the throttle wide open down the straightaway, and there's a, a split second when you have to either shut the throttle off and throw the bike sideways. Okay? If you have a hesitant moment, what happens? <laughs> You're in this uh, wall that's on the outside of the racetrack. Um, 
to this day, my wife still doesn't understand why and how I would have a hobby that would do that. One time, I had courage, but courage did not go well. A guy wrecked in front of me. I ran over top of him, and the next thing I knew, I was upside down on the outside of the wall. My dad is a, a compassionate man. I was laying there upside down, trying to decide if I was alive or not. My wife is by my side, and I look up, and my dad's got my motorcycle running to the pits because he was racing the next race on my motorcycle. <laughs> when I asked about it later, he said, Luther, you had the ambulance crew there. They were going to take care of you. I need to get the bike ready. <laughs> there are things that we do in life that we have to have courage. And that courage in the Lord, man, how is it awesome when you finally, God, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know if we have the money to do this. Lord, I don't, know, I don't feel comfortable talking to people. Lord, give me that strength. Give me the courage to do so. And how beautiful it is when God shows up. Amen. The Lord moved me to start um, experiencing God with our residents. Most of our residents cannot hold a Bible. I have six residents that's going through this experience in God. Many of them have a difficult time reading, um, comprehending. And so um, I ask eight ladies from First Baptist if they would feel comfortable coming and visiting with folks and helping them hold the book helping them read the scripture, helping them to understand uh, experiencing God so that when we met as a group, that they would be able to comprehend things. Every single one of those ladies was scared to death the first time they came to the hospital. And I'm like, why? Why do you think people would be afraid to come to the residents, those on a ventilator? They have no comprehension. All they see is that ventilator, that tube that's hanging out of their throat. And every single, and these, these ladies, I mean, man, you're teaching Sunday school classes. And they were, they were afraid, but they stepped out on courage. I can't begin to tell you how sweet it is. Now, my job on Wednesdays is I just stand there. Because they're not volunteers, Debbie, because they didn't go through all the vetting. So they're coming as visitors, and they all just happen to show up at the same time. And um, I'm in the room, so I'm supervising. So they're not volunteers. They're just folks that's meeting on Wednesday, 1 o'clock, and we're having a good time. They have made an incredible difference in those residents' lives. There are some for the first time are beginning to acknowledge that the life of Jesus Christ is an experience. For the first time, they're, they're, they're reading the scripture and, and they're talking and they're beginning to understand that. And, and so I talked to some of them today and I said, thank you so much for what you're doing for those residents. And they said, the residents are ministering to us. And so just a little bit of courage, folks, to do something that's not that, not that hard 
it changes lives. Church, when, when our churches, they have confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and he gives you the courage, man, that's faith, amen? And when you use that faith to do his will, God shows up and begins to do incredible things. The greatest difficulty we have in sharing our faith is fear. We are afraid of being rejected. Maybe not being educated enough. Maybe, maybe it's uh, that I'm not good enough. Maybe that I'm not talented enough. Maybe that they would make fun of me. Listen, church, there's a world out there that needs Jesus, right? And if we have faith and confidence in him, and he is going to give us the courage to do what he has asked us to do, then he is going to do what he said he's going to do. And the word of God is going to be moved through uh, our community. When we gain boldness because what he has done for us, it's not who we are, right? It's not how talented we are. It's not who we know. It's not how, how much we have in the bank. It's all to say, God, here I am. Give me the courage to do what you ask me to do, whatever that is. We all can't be an Alan Dobson, right? We all can't be one who sings with with great beauty. We all can't do those things, but God created you, and I've said it before, uniquely you. And we have the faith that, and confidence in him. We, we have the courage that he's going to, to move us and give us what we need to do. And then he gives us a conviction. Romans 1.17, it says, For the righteous of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith, to understand that we need to live for God no matter the circumstances around us. Is that easy, church? Sometimes it's very difficult. Sometimes we don't understand the situation that we're in. But pray to God that he gives us conviction for those that are around us. So I'm encouraging our residents. I said, listen, you have people helping you every single day. Some of you, there's absolutely nothing you can do in your own self, in your own strength. There's someone's got to take care of you every single day. So your mission field is brought right to you. I said, there are people in this hospital that take care of you that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I said, your mission field are those individuals that's going to come and take care of you. And they're beginning to ask them when they come in to change their trach or whatever they do, how can I pray for you today? They're beginning to turn that around and they're seeing that their mission, their call uh, to act of faith is to share Jesus in the condition that they're in. This afternoon, I was sharing with a group and I looked over to my left and there's a gentleman there that broke his neck when he was 15. Um, there's another one that... Uh, I was in a car wreck, and, and, um, and they began to see that God has something for them. But God has something for you, amen? God has something for you, and as long as we're just men and women of faith and say, God, maybe I don't understand where you're taking me, but I have faith to understand that you are going to take care of me. Last week, we had... Uh, uh, 
a missionary couple that's in California trying to plant a church. And, and, and it's tough. And, but you know what? They gave up everything to be a minister for the Lord. How does that pan out? Does everything work exactly how we want it to? Church, as a Christian, does everything turn out the way you want it to? Sometimes, even in your service to the Lord, things may not work the way you think that it should. But who's in control? God is still there, amen? And, he, and he's there, and he, he's going to give us that, that, that confidence and that, that courage, and then he's going to give that conviction or that calling for us to do what we need to do. Ephesians 6.12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts, wickedness in heavenly places. Is there wickedness in Mount Vernon, Kentucky? Church, we are blessed, amen? We are truly blessed to be in this community. We are truly blessed for you all to be in this church. Uh, God is good. But there's wickedness all around us, and we need to pray that God opens our eyes to see the attacks that's being taken to other Christians. Do we recognize the ugly? Do we recognize the wickedness that's all around us? And do we have the conviction over that wickedness? It may be easy for us to turn away when things aren't going the way we want to. Maybe there's an individual that wears a backpack in our community and we turn away. We need to have conviction for those people around us because I believe with all my heart that he's coming and he's coming quickly. Church, we need to have the passion. Have the same passion that we had when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior that God is going to, to open our eyes with the conviction of the heart of people needing Jesus. Not long ago, I had an individual call me to the room. Um, things weren't going well at all. And um, her and her daughter was crying, and, and, just, and I'm like, Lord, give me, just give me knowledge. And I just listened. And there were some testimonies back and forth from the mother and the daughter. And um, the mother thought that she was going to lose her life. And so we began to talk. And, and we began to work through uh, God's love for her. And even though this horrible thing happened to her as a young uh, teenager, that God still loved her. And, and we worked through that. And, and she looked at me she Wiped her eyes and she said, Luther, I know that Jesus saved me. You know, and I just went, ha, I want to do you, Jerry Clower. I want to just jump up and down. And I was all excited. And then she looked at me and she said, I want to be baptized. What church you go to? I don't go to church. I'm not leaving here till I get baptized. I said, well, baptism is a symbol that you were obedience to Christ, following his call, and that you, were, you, you died to sin, and you, you're a new creature in Christ. And she says, yes, I'm not leaving this hospital till I'm baptized. Sorry, 
But I begin to think of our portable baptistry that we use from the jail. And I'm seeing the blessedness of this woman. There's no way the blessedness is going to fit in the baptistry. Um, I called. <laughs> Do we have a, um, um, a large bathtub in our facility? Talked to one of the nurses. We got it taken care of. Uh, the acute nurses took her down to one of the units. And uh, church, it was so beautiful. Her daughter was there. When it finally came around and people understood what was going on, we had 20-some people uh, there for her baptism to witness her confession that she believed in Jesus Christ and she wanted the world to know that she had faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we were able to baptize her that day. Where's our passion, church? We are so blessed and yet so many times we live faithless lives simply because we know that we're children of God. God, we, in the very depths of our soul, we know that God's going to take care of us. But are we listening to the conviction? Are we listening to that still small voice that says, I need you to do this? What happens when God's people responds to God saying, I need you to do this? Man, it's called revival, amen? Things begin to happen. Finally, Faith, there's a commitment. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. I mean, stand leaning, uh, without leaning. For he who promised is faithful. Take your scripture, your copy of scripture, and let's turn over to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 17. See then that the walk circumspectly, not as fools, but of wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We need to understand, we need to be committed in what the Lord needs us to do. So what's that mean for us today? Has God spoke to you, moved you, that you need to be committed for something? To be committed to do an act of faith. Sometimes it's going to be difficult. Sometimes you may not have all the answers. But God says, this is what I need you to do. And church, we need to be committed to respond to his call. Amen? What are all called to be? Evangelist. We're not all called uh, to be um, great pastors. We are called to do what he has asked us to do. If you are a born-again Christian, then there is a call for faith and a commitment to do what he needs you to do. Are we willing to do that today? I pray that as a church to receive the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ.
And I just can't imagine him knowing what was coming. As a human being, he knew that great pain, great suffering was coming. And yet he knew that it was his job. He was committed to take our place. Are we committed to him this evening? And by your attendance this evening tells me that you are a committed, born-again person who loves God. But ask God to reveal to you exactly what he needs you to do. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you for the testimony that uh, it has in our community. But Lord, we're just speaking of faith, and sometimes we allow circumstances to begin to, to change or to rob our faith. Lord, forgive, forgive me when my faith is lessened by the things that happen around me. Lord, give us strength to be bold for you. Lord, may we be men and women of God that are of men and women of faith that are willing to, to have courage to step out and do what you need us to do. Lord, I pray that you would move this evening. In Christ's name I pray, amen.